Hello, everybody, and welcome to UGA Sports Georgia Recruiting Rumors versus Facts. I am Blaine Gilmer here with Jed May and Trent Smallwood. And Trent, Jed, uh, why don't we just go ahead and start it off with a little commitment about an hour before the show? Uh, Alu Ba decides to, he flipped from, uh, decommitted from Florida State the other day and now has joined the Georgia Bulldogs. So there's the commitment edit. If you're watching on the on the YouTube channel, uh, you can see that Alu Ba has now been added to this class of 2022 as a verbal commitment to the University of Georgia. Uh, Trent, I'm going to try to uh, throw up some of his uh, highlights here while, we, while you tell us kind of what Georgia's getting in Alu Ba. Yeah, I mean, they're just getting – I think a lot of people, you know, kind of look at the rankings when that comes up, but I know that Bob was one of their top offensive tackle uh, targets since the beginning. Uh, he's kind of been a guy that they've been going after. Um, and, and, you know, he, just athleticism. Uh, just, uh, I mean, he, he's just, you know, like a like a Andrew Thomas top uh, athleticism a while, uh, with his length and his uh, ability to get to the second level. Um I mean, you, you just gotta like what you see on the on the film. I mean, he plays plays at IMG. Uh, he, he's, he can he can also uh, run block very well. I just you know just a, just a good pickup uh, for the offensive staff in Athens. Jed, he seems to be a rather guarded individual. Has an offensive lineman's uh, personality, so to speak. If you if you would, uh, you know, in terms of at the five star challenge, you know, easy guy who did not want to talk a whole lot. Uh, you know, you, you want to share on that experience a little bit when he was committed to FSU. Did you say guarded because he's playing guard in these highlights? Was that a joke? <laughs> yeah. it, 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 it was very good. I didn't um, think about that. Um, but yeah, you know, when he came to the five star challenge, I want to say that was maybe the third weekend in June um, and we we had heard buzz that he I can't remember if he had just visited Athens or was planning to visit right after the five-star challenge either way um, you know you were there Roddy me and Roddy and, and you Blaine were there and we were trying to talk to him at the, at the media day they had you know the night before and he you know he talked he had a Florida State shirt on I think if I if I remember right and he talked about Florida State but as soon as you asked him about Georgia on the record he clammed up um, which you know, makes it seem like even then we kind of knew, okay, if this kid doesn't want to talk about it on the record, there's something up there. And, you know, obviously he was committed to Florida state at the time. So it's, it's something that's been going on all summer. You know, they've been recruiting him all summer and, and, um, you know, we visited for the Arkansas game, clearly had a great experience and, you know, he commits on decommits on Saturday and, you know, 48, 48 hours later, he's part of this 2022 class. I know Matt Luke likes those offensive linemen that can that are versatile and can play, you know, four or five different positions. And he's definitely a guy that can uh, play play probably right tackle or, or shift in the offensive guard. I'm not sure he's really the left tackle mold just yet, but I, you know, probably offensive guard, uh, right tackle would be where he'd be best suited. Yeah, I mean, and Georgia has a ton of tackles on on this uh, roster, but what they're what they know they're going to have to do uh, going forward is, is cross train these guys. Right. So you have a guy like a, you know, Dylan Fairchild, he's played both positions in, in high school, you know, uh, you know, there's lots of guys that have played different positions, uh, you know, a clay web on the inside, he cross trains between center and guard, right. As a, as a reserve offensive lineman. So there's different guys like that, that Jamari Sawyer has played, you know, both positions during his David career. Trust. Xavier Truss, uh, he he in fact spelled it, I think, at guard uh, 
during the game, right, uh, yeah. on, on Saturday. So it shows up, that offensive line depth shows up for Georgia. Um, and, you know, obviously – uh, we've got some questions out here. One question is going to lead towards the transfer portal. And, guys, that's a reality. Georgia hasn't really had much of that other than, like, Cade Mays uh, maybe going on with the transfer portal offensive line-wise. But who knows? That could be part of it down the line because there's only five spots, right? You know, and then you got 15 to 17, 18 uh, linemen that can all really play. We'll see what ends up happening there. But Georgia, once again, uh, for those just joining us, does get that commitment right there from Alu Ba, the IMG four-star offensive lineman, uh, was recently committed to Florida State, now is a Georgia Bulldog. So let's talk about the impact of that, right? Here's Alu Ba, who is, if you remember back in, I think it was mid-June, Trent and, and Jed, that Georgia had a, like six IMG prospects come for official visit weekend it looks like a lose really the one that that has panned out uh from from that visit you know everett uh, a lot of those other guys ended up going elsewhere but now uh with bear alexander uh down there other guys that they're targeting you know in the 2023 class and beyond kamari wilson still hanging out there so alu ba now gets to become a, a recruiter in his own right i mean i think just continuing that img pipeline is important for georgia right trent yeah definitely and you know especially with the state of the florida football basically being down uh georgia got a chance to, to build a you know a big pipeline there and uh and start landing these guys year in and year out and i know that you know, landing a guy like Bond and, and maybe uh, Bear hadn't been there as long, but, um, you know, just, just getting your foot in the door over there and just landing a couple of process. You had Nolan Smith from there. You had um, several, several others from there. Uh, Robert Bill was there for some time. Uh, you, you, you got your foot in the door and then it, now, now just to see that continuing on uh, for the years to come. And did you say Marlon Dean? Cause uh, Marlon Dean, in fact, went from Elbert County down to, down to IMG last year and ended up. So, I mean, you know, it's uh, Warren Brinson as well. So, yeah, there's, there's a lot of guys. So Aluba commits to Georgia, like we said, and now we're also going to talk about before we get to questions, some of the visitors that were there, Jed, you and I were standing there in the end zone. We're watching guys come down. You're kind of like my, my spotter. I've got the camera. You're saying, Oh, over here, there, there's one coming down that because they send them down two stairways. So they really try to get you if you're only, you know, got one, one camera and things like that, or, or one guy that can shoot with the vest on and things, you know, they're real strict with that at Georgia at Auburn. You could literally go and like put your arm around, uh, around one of the coaches. If you wanted to, they, they now the coach may punch you in the face, but you know, you, you, you could, you could get away with it over there at Auburn being that close. Um, so Jed, just tell people some of the, some of the guys you saw coming down that staircase, heading down to the field, uh, in Athens that we were able to take photos of and, and catch up with this weekend. Yeah, we spotted Michael Williams, A.J. Harris, um, Luther Burden wearing a Cincinnati Reds hat. Um, his East St. Louis teammate, Miles McVay, right behind him. Um, Braden Joyner from Auburn High School, who had Georgia in his top eight today. Uh, Madden Sanker, an in-state guy, was there. Um, you know, a, a baby of Georgia commits, Malachi Starks, Nyla Morissette, Ja'Cory Thomas um, were there. I know Ja'Cory Thomas was spending time with A.J. Harris. Um, over there on the sidelines, it's, which speaking of which, I put this in the notes the other day, but Amir Speed and George Pickens, too, you know, they came out of the tunnel. They weren't dressed for the game. They went straight over to those recruiting guys or recruits on the sideline and, you know, presumably were chatting up some of those guys on the sidelines, too. So it was a huge, um, 
you know, a huge gathering of guys. I, I talked to Michael today and he kind of walked me through his official visit weekend from, you know, he gets to gets picked up by a car service at his house after his game Friday night and comes into town and he's got all his favorite snacks and the cards and the notes and all that stuff laid out in the hotel room all the way through, you know, breakfast at Kirby's house on Sunday and, and a recruit cooking challenge, I think on Sunday afternoon. So it's, it's crazy what all these guys go through on these official visits, but, um, but yeah, you know, all that to say, there's, there's a lot of big guys in town over this weekend. Yeah. And you know, when you come to those official visits and things like that, uh, one thing, all the, all the guys love doing Michael and, and Luther put out the pictures of the photo shoot, right. The, the uniform combinations, all that kind of stuff that they're able to, to do during that. Speaking of, you know, guys who, Maybe he wasn't there for an official, but he was there, a big-time prospect, like you probably mentioned, Jaheim Singletary um, out there. And Jaheim is a guy who our, our correspondent, Rivals correspondent, National Director Adam Gorney uh, caught up with. He said that he already feels like he is a Georgia Bulldog, like how he was being treated like that. Trent, if this class is able to include a Jaheim Singletary in the, in the secondary um, – you know, with what Georgia could potentially be losing at the back end. I know, I know Jaheim's a corner and they're probably going to end up losing more at the uh, safety position, but they will probably lose a corner with uh, Darren Kendrick being out of eligibility. So what, do, what does that just do if Georgia's able to complete that there with it looking like Miami and Ohio State fading? Yeah, and I think he said, you know, uh, Georgia uh, – I guess Florida and Miami are the three teams kind of sticking out there. But, uh, I mean, you got to like George's chances here. And and, and you, just looking at a secondary with Malachi Starks, Singletary, um, maybe Kamari Wilson added, and then you still have your guys that, uh, that are committed, you know, uh, uh, Marquis Groves, Killebrew. Uh, I mean, you're just you're looking at a, a phenomenal, probably probably the best uh, secondary cast, uh, class that Kirby has that landed. And he, that's not even including Humphreys. Uh, Julian Humphrey. So, I mean, you, you're looking at a class that could be special uh, at, at defensive back, and a lot of guys that could uh, possibly come in and play year one when uh, you know the depth's down at safety. Um, you know, Amir Smith, uh, not Amir Smith, but uh, Keely Ringo will be back at corner. But you, you're gonna have some corner positions open. Uh, you, you're gonna have some spots open, and you're gonna have a talented freshman class coming in of uh, recruits that that are hungry to take over. Yeah, and I threw this graphic up on the screen because I've I've got an update where move Aluba over to commits and Oscar Delp over to commits, but you see uh, right here, I mean they're now at 19 commitments, and um, the class is rapidly going to be growing. We anticipate in the next week to two weeks uh, a lot of momentum. It seems like for this Georgia football team, and I think it just shows Jed the power of Georgia being able to have full-fledged on-campus recruiting once again and also having a season where their product on the field is just vastly outshining, not in one game, but in a full-blown trend just superior to everyone else in the country at this point. Yeah, and that's something we've talked about you know, on the show a couple of times, just the, the meticulous detail that goes into these visits. Like I said, I'm sure Kirby had, you know, measuring cups full of you know a specific amount of eggs and all that kind of stuff when those guys were over there on Sunday morning but it, it's one of those things you get those guys on campus and the, the little details like uh, Michael Williams told me they the people at Georgia had him fill out a questionnaire with all his favorite snacks and stuff that was in the hotel room um you know all, just all that little kind of stuff that all adds up um 
you know, to a great experience for these guys, especially on the official visits with the pictures and, and all that kind of stuff. And then, yeah, like you mentioned, the product on the field. And I think we mentioned this last week. Barry Alexander has seen Georgia play two top ten opponents, and they've given up – the defense has given up three points in those games. And you've got guys like that, let alone, the, you know, the, the tight ends, the Pierce Sperlins, the Oscar Delps that are seeing what they're doing on offense. Um, you know, everything's really working together to appeal to a lot of different guys at a lot of different positions right now. Yeah, and you know when you when you talk about this class going forward, there, there's a question that we're going to get to, and I don't want to usurp the questions, but I think people need to realize, Trent, that as successful as on-campus recruiting has been, like Jed just said, all the detail and things like that, there's going to be some guys with some of the developments that have happened in college football. Like, look, Ed Orgeron uh, just parts ways, right? They, LSU lost a couple of commits today. In fact, it's it's rumored that Georgia could be in on trying to get a couple of those guys on campus, just swing by, take another look, you know. Um, what what do you think is the reality of, okay, coaching changes are starting to be made. Let's say Dan Mullen gets in some hot water and Florida, uh, you know, decides to go another direction, something like that. There could be guys that pop up even between now and December 15th when the early signing period starts that nobody's even talking about. Oh, definitely. And this is what you see with with uh, guys like Kirby, uh, Saban. Um, it's what you've seen in Alabama in the past. You, you, you're taking advantage of uh, programs being down. And, um, you, you know, it, it's just uh, the nature of having a good recruiting staff like like Kirby does in Athens. It's just uh, they're taking advantage of, uh, you know, Coach O at LSU uh, stepping away. Um, kind of, there's a lot of uncertainty there. Um, you know, Florida, you know, I know Georgia's after a couple of their commits, including Humphrey. Um, you know, it's just uh, th- th- those guys are, you know. Well, let's, it, it, let's be honest. Julian Humphrey and Shamar James are probably committed to Florida in spite of Dan Mullen uh, anyways. But, you know, so I don't know how much maybe. that would affect. Yeah, but, uh, you know, it, but it's still, you know, you if you lose, uh, you're likely going to, at worst case, you're likely going to lose uh, Todd Grantham. I've been and he might still be around, but um, uh, you know, you like to lose Todd Grantham. It's relationships there, uh, and that's a chance for somebody else to come in, build those relationships, and take advantage of it. And that's what Kirby and his staff does. Uh, and, and that's what the, what they really missed last year with a with the uh, in person visits. You know, that not being able to build those relationships. You know, with with the family and uh, the kid, and and they're getting that opportunity this year, and they're taking full advantage of it. I think, you know, one thing you saw with Ernest Green, right, uh, who came a couple weeks ago uh, for his his visit, um, when you have the, the family element like you talked about, Ernest Green's mom, by all accounts, just fell in love with that Georgia staff. Uh, I've got a future cast in for Ernest Green now. He does have uh, – he did just come off an official visit to – uh, Texas, and he's got one coming up to Ohio State. It was rumored back, you know, a while back that Georgia and Ohio State were kind of the ones battling. Adam Gorney's very close to that situation over there. He's been keeping us updated. Feels like Georgia's the front runner right now. But Jed, uh, it seems like whether it's Todd Hartley or Dan Lanning or Matt Luke, you hear all these guys, these prospects, and their families talk about the the family element of it. And I know a lot of programs say it, but it seems to be a really true big priority at the university of Georgia. Right. I mean, when I talked to Oscar Delp last week, um, you know, six, five days ago, whatever, that was the first thing he told me, um, you know, I asked, well, what it was about Georgia. He said the family environment, Todd Hartley recruited his mom, his dad, I mean, his, his mom 
went to South Carolina. South Carolina was one of the, the obviously one of the schools pursuing them hard at the end, but those family connections to Georgia still, um, you know, one row and obviously South Carolina has got a new staff and all those kinds of things, but you know, th- that, that runs strong, you know, it's whether, I mean, let's say Georgia, you know, let's live in a world where it's still running back you and Georgia's running 300 yards a game, but Georgia still probably would have been in a good position playing Oscar Delp just because of the family connections and, and all those kind of things here. So it's, it's like you said, that's what sticks out to most of these guys. And, you know, it's like Oscar said, every school is going to have the nice facilities and the nicest, you know, campuses and all that kind of stuff, but it's the relationships that really stick out for most of these guys. Yeah. And I think Georgia does a really good job of that. Um, before we get to the questions here, just wanted to say, you know, we put out our hot board today and there are guys, we had a little there on the hot board. Of course, we feel like Jaheim Singletary coming off the visit there um, to, to Georgia this weekend. Georgia is in very good shape with the defensive back out of Jacksonville. Todd Hartley, as you were just talking about, uh, really laid the foundation for that recruitment. And now Will Muschamp and uh, Jamila Dye and, and Kirby Smart have all kind of made their way in there, uh, I guess, maybe midway through and, and even more so since he's decommitted from Ohio State. And that that's a, they're, they're heavily involved there. Of course, you men- we've mentioned Michael Williams several times now. Uh, we've been thinking that if we could put a future cast in for a flip on the site, we would be putting that one in a long time ago. Feels more of a matter of uh, when, not if, when, when that one. So Georgia building up a lot of momentum here, but I, I know we're going to get into um, that on the questions. Trent, I mean, you've been around for a lot of Georgia recruiting classes. I want to ask you specifically for the twenty the when the twenty seventeen season was going on, the last time Georgia was seven and zero, do you remember? And that ended up, I think, being Georgia's first number one class under Kirby Smart that year. Do you? How similar is this this impact of the the seven and zero record and how Georgia's performing to that year? I, I think it's a little different, just for the simple fact that uh, you know the teams are a little different um, from you know. Uh, how they are performing on the field from, from that standpoint. I think they are better util, utilizing uh, their offensive weapons this year, and I think that's really showing out in this class. Um, you know, from a tight end standpoint, it's not just the running back. It's not, it's not just, hey, we're running back you, we're OLU. I mean, you can look at it now and say, hey, look what we're doing the tight ends. Hey, look what we're doing down six receivers, and look, look what we're still doing in the passing game. Um, I think this a little bit more, and also defense line. Um, look what we're doing on defense line, and I, in the past it's been more uh, linebackers, you know, DBs, and I think uh, it's becoming uh, the whole roster now. I think it, it's it's more about filling out the whole roster with top rated prospects as in before it wasn't uh, they wasn't necessarily landing some of the top guys at, at certain positions. So uh, momentum wise, it seems similar, but I, I think they're they're really hitting on some top guys at positions uh, where they haven't done in the past, and and I you know I see that moving forward as as they start putting these guys in the NFL and start having this pr- productivity on the field. No doubt, I think it's going to be a humongous NFL draft uh, this this upcoming season. Daniel Jeremiah, who's probably, you know maybe the the leading uh, draft analyst out there put you know that he was watching tape of the georgia defense on the way he said he said draft all of them all of them take them all you know so that is uh and then the senior bowl um what's his name jim Nagy 
right underneath it, he said they're going to need a bus to get them all down to the Senior Bowl in uh, in Mobile this year. So that two ringing endorsements, and I tweeted out, I said Georgia should screenshot this and just send it to every recruit because that's a that's that that's recruiting in itself. It definitely seems like you have the Nicobe Dean and Jordan Davis as the two guys that are talked about the most, really. But then it seems like a different guy stepping up every week. You know, Quay Walker really played good last week. He really looked like a uh, a future, you know, top draft pick. Then then you have Lewis down on different weeks. Then you got the secondary, and I think there's just besides Channing the two that's going to show up every week. You know, Channing Tindall, Devontae Wyatt, uh, Trayvon Walker's had good games. Uh, you, you know, it's it's just a. Uh, seven, eight, nine, 10, 11 guys that, that can get drafted off this defense next year. And then also at, at the same time, that's opening up spots in this class to land these guys. And I think you're seeing a lot of these five-star or higher-rated four-stars taking notice of that. Well, when you see Shamar James be there twice in a row now for Georgia games, and he's, he's probably saying, well, N'Kobe Dean's going to be gone. Quay Walker could probably be gone. Channon Tindall might go uh, in the draft this year. That's the three starting inside linebackers. I know they got Jamon Dumas Johnson there and and uh, Xavier uh, Sorry and Smile Munden, but they play about four guys during that. So he's probably just doing the math there and seeing what what could end up happening. So Georgia, a lot of momentum. But let's go ahead and get to questions here, Jed. If you don't mind, read that first one off there for us. It's from Realistic UGA Fan. It says, do you guys see UGA hitting the portal this offseason for needs? If so, where should we accept? Should we expect some current players to hit the portal? Okay, so in terms of the first part is saying, do you see UGA hitting the portal for guys? I definitely think that's just going to be a stalwart now of how recruiting's done, right? I mean, they've, they've even added the seven spots to replace guys in the portal when you bring transfers in. So the NCAA is, is basically full-fledged, just all in on the transfer deal, accepting it. And Trent, I think a position where, depending on what happens with a JT and with a Stetson, if let's say for some reason they're not around or they're not there anymore, both of those guys, Georgia's not going to go to battle against Oregon with a, a first-time starter. I don't believe. I think they would go out and get a, a quarterback in the in the portal. No, I think they'll take uh, they'll take a look at the portal with quarterback. I think they'll take a look at the portal with outside linebacker. A uh, couple positions, but um, I think it'd all come down to: uh, is there a player out there that can, you know, help us win championships? Like you, you look at Darian Kendrick; he come, he's come in and he's, you know, helped them to be seven and zero. Would they be seven and zero without him? Maybe, but still, uh, he, he's a starter on that defense, and he's uh, and he's, you know, produced a lot. You know, he's he's been he's been very good for Georgia. Um, you know, they, they, they've hit the, the. I think you just look at. You're probably not going to land a tight end in the portal, but you're going to look at what what needs do you have uh, as far as the roster and uh, and and quarterback, outside linebacker. You you're probably going to go look and see if we can find some upperclassmen because what you're going to be dealing with next year at outside linebackers, you know, a bunch of freshmen, redshirt freshmen, sophomore, a uh, bunch of underclassmen, and and maybe we can get a, a junior senior in that room to to help those guys. Well, who knows? Let's say Mark Stoops uh, ends up getting an offer he can't refuse from LSU, right? And some of those LSU receivers see the track record of Mark Stoops' offenses and say, "Hey, I'm 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 out of here. I'm going I'm going somewhere else." I'm, I'm, and Georgia's now becoming more explosive down the field. Who knows? That could open up some opportunities 
in terms of that. So there's a lot. The portal is here to, to stay. The portal is going to be an element that Georgia takes, but selectively takes, like you pointed out there, Trent. And, uh, I mean, Jed, Trent, you know, either one of y'all, does anybody expect there to be, you know, an exodus of, of players from Georgia? I just – it's hard for me to think that too much because of how many are going to get drafted. I think there's going to be opportunities next year. Like you mentioned, uh, Trent, Jed, I mean, I, I, I don't see any real backlogs at a position. I, I to me personally, I think it all depends on the, look at the offensive line. line, look at the offensive line. Are you, are you in the two deep in the offensive line? Have you been passed by uh freshman? Have you been passed by Amarius Mims or something like that? Uh, are you behind him now? I think you look at, that you might see a couple guys uh from that area transfer out um it, a lot of depend on carson beck does he does he choose uh you know if if jt or stetson was to come back i think you you could see carson hit the portal but i think i think it'll depend on a lot of things uh you know as far as running backs and stuff that they're, they're using all the running backs and uh and i think you'll see more time for Deshaun edwards next year with a couple of those guys going so i, I don't see many uh those guys uh, the whole wide receiver rooms played and uh, um, so yeah. it'll be interesting to see uh, is any of those guys got passed up? Does any of those guys choose to uh, use their COVID year and, and maybe hit the portal and, and not come back to Georgia? Um, it'll be interesting to see. Hoogie 706 says, what happens if Bur- uh, Burden, I mean, he said Burden, but he meant Burden commits and Kojo wants in. Jed, you've talked to Kojo probably as much as any of us, and also Denylon Morissette, who's seven-on-seven teammates with him. Uh, At this point, you know, we always say, like we've said with Michael Williams, he's still committed to Ohio State. So, you know, even though he's been there like three times in a row for uh, for Georgia's home games, it's, uh, you know, it's hard to say anything until that actual decommitment comes. But, you know, what's your opinion on that, Jed? Like, wide receiver room-wise, if if they get Luther Burden uh, tomorrow – uh, and then Kojo comes calling. Uh, you think there will be room in the class for Mr. Antwi? Uh, You know, it's hard to say. I think it might be one of those things where, you know, you're, you're taking X amount of guys. Okay, we've got one or two scholarships left. Do we use it on another receiver? Do we use it on another defensive back? You know, we've talked a few times, you know, if Singletary, Kamari Wilson, and um, Julian Humphrey all want spots, should they get in? And the answer pretty much seems to be yes. So I think that could be one of those things that might honestly, you know, play out um pretty late in the process now on the flip side of that say luther burden goes to missouri tomorrow does georgia ratchet up the heat on gojo antoine did they try to get him back for another game or two um there in november i you know would tend to think so um i know kojo posted on instagram today he's going to ohio state's game against penn state next next yeah, night, night game. yeah so i mean so that you know he could go there and decide his recruitment's over and he doesn't want to come to georgia anymore anyway so um, that could, I think that's it. That dynamic there um, is going to play out over the next couple months or so. But obviously, the biggest domino to fall is one that's you know falling in about you know twenty two and a half hours. Um, you know, when Luther Burden commits tomorrow night. Yeah, yeah, we might as. Oh, go ahead, Trent. Yeah, I think you look at Shaz Preston too with everything yeah. going yeah. on at LSU. Um, I think he's a guy that that probably uh, could fall into place if 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 Luther does decide to go to Missouri. Yeah, I, I talked to uh, Shaz's father. The other day, and uh, we were we were just kind of talking about um, what the recruitment is like, how how it's going right now. And he he told me they were keeping a keen eye on what happened with Ed Orgeron and, and things of that nature. So we will we'll see how that affects. But we do know for sure that they plan on taking an official visit 
to Georgia and an official visit to Alabama. I think Georgia and Alabama have the better shot than LSU right now until they see maybe who the next head coach. Now, if if LSU goes out and pulls Elaine Kiffin in as their next head coach, Chaz Preston probably stay in Louisiana, <laughs> you know, and, and go go over there to play in that kind of offense. But I think that that fit is going to uh, to be key for those guys. But speaking of wide receiver and speaking of Luther Burden, we've already talked about it a couple of times now. I've put out there uh, on the vent. Trent's put out there on the vent. that We both feel strongly that he's going to uh, end up at Georgia. Now, what I wanted to talk about here is he's coming off an official visit this close to a commitment announcement date. Georgia has been so good at the uh, on-campus recruiting aspects of things that we talked about, Jed. We talked about Trent. And it's just hard for me to believe that Georgia – they rarely, rarely don't close on a deal this close when they get an official visit right there from a guy. So that's one reason I feel so strongly. Also, there's just too much smoke coming out uh, from, you know, Athens area and things like that. Uh, you know, lots of people around the situation for, to me, to think there's not fire there. Trent, I mean, I'll let you share your thoughts on it. I know that this is an 18-year-old kid, 17, 18-year-old kid, and he could get back up there to close to Missouri, and who knows, there's some things – uh, that could that could go on and, and maybe change the last second deal, but I feel like right now, if I had to pick, that the Georgia Bulldogs would be where he ends up. Yeah, I, I feel the same way. I've, I've, you know, I've talked to a couple of different uh, uh, sources on, and and both of them have, have felt Georgia. But at the same time, you know, you have the Missouri on the Missouri side that that are still thinking those St. Louis ties and and stuff like that are are going to lead him to Missouri. Um, I, I would say right now, that all the all the smoke. Uh, and, and everything that I've heard is, is, is around Georgia. Um, it, could it could it change in the next twenty two hours? Of course it could. But uh, and, and we've seen it happen before with with, with hometown kids with with their home state. Uh, but but from where I would say right now, I, I would pick Georgia. Yeah, and that would be that would be just absolutely monumental monumental for this class. You know, because George Pickens. Uh, you know, even though the the crazy, you know, I'm not saying crazy because it was David, but David. Pollock threw out a, uh, you know, something on the radio the other day, had people saying, oh, he thinks George Pickens could come back. I find it highly unlikely that George Pickens could come back for another year. I think he's probably gone to the NFL, whether he plays uh, this year at Georgia or not. Um, but, you know, you the the search for a true number one receiver, right, will we'll, we'll be on, and I think that could be uh, attractive, right, to a guy like a, like a Luther Burden who, to me, Reminds me the way that he plays with such physicality and tenacity. He reminds me of a young like Des Bryant almost. I mean, he's a physical receiver that 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 goes after. He can he can do the finesse stuff, but at the same time, he really really attacks the game. It seems like I, I love the way he, he plays. He's a good returner. Um, that would be that would be uh, a huge pickup for the Georgia Bulldogs. So let's get to our next question here. Uh, somebody asked about is Marvin Jones Jr. interest legit? That was Go Dog seventeen twenty. Jed, I haven't I haven't been able to get much on Marvin Jones. I've reached out to a couple people, obviously, for him to think enough uh, about Georgia to come up on an unofficial, which is on his own dime. You know, take his time and money to come up uh, on a visit. Uh, you know, there's enough interest there, and I know uh, Dan Lennon, of course, is is trying to fill this edge position the edge position group with as much talent as he possibly can. Nigel like Kelly uh, came, uh, 
Marvin Jones Jr. came. Um, Michael Williams, of course, they're trying to flip. So anything on Marvin Jones Jr. or anything, you know, around that edge position that you just kind of want to sh- – Shamar Stewart's there, of course, you know, so a lot of edge guys still out there. Yeah, you know, I haven't been able to get in contact with Marvin either. You know, I tried him the other day. But it, it's one of those things where it, it doesn't hurt to, to maintain those relationships with guys, right? And we talked about the transfer portal earlier. You know, say Marvin Jones goes to – I don't know. Say he goes to Florida State and Florida State fires Mike Norvell after next year or something just, you know, hypothetical. Then that relationship with George is still there. Stuff like that. Um, you know, it never hurts to maintain those relationships with kids and – and even when kids that are still committed, a Lou Boss, same situation. If he had stayed committed to Florida State, I was about to say we're talking about we're talking about Marvin Jones, right? Not Travis Hunter, right? Well, yeah, yeah, Travis Hunter. There you go. <laughs> thing. So sure. It's one of those things where guys that are that talented in this day and age, with the transfer portal and and the eligibility waivers and all and all that kind of stuff, you just never know. So, um, you know, could could he end up in Georgia's twenty twenty class? Maybe. You know, it seems like there's a lot more smoke going on Michael Williams and Shamar Stewart, guys of that, you know, those guys right now. But, you know, an, an unofficial it's what we said about Travis uh, Hunter a couple weeks ago, an unofficial visit to start. Just um, so No doubt. The more the more these guys visit and get on campus, especially in the environment that Georgia has, I feel like the the better the the chances for for the dogs with with those guys. So now when we talk about DL uh, DL prospects, Trent, old dog, 05. How many DL guys do we take and who go dogs? That's what old dog 05 said. So uh, in the class right now, when you talk about – you got Tyree West, you've got Darius Smith, who's an edge, edge, you know, player, of course, and, you know, they're really still searching for the big guy in the middle, right? They're still looking for whether it's a Bear Alexander. Some people are saying that they're trying to get back in on – on uh, you know Travis Shaw with all the mayhem going on up there in North Carolina, but I don't I don't really see that very much at all. But I think Bear would be the bigger one. There's Sean Washington out there who's got got some some buzz around him in the University of Georgia. What do you think ends up being the I guess the total number of DL and I guess you know what do you consider DL? I think you'll you'll probably see two more. I could see two more. Um, they might get to three. Uh, it just depends on what guys they can get. And a lot will come down to you know that best available at the very end. Um, they're not going to turn down a uh, if Tra- if Travis Shaw wanted to flip on signing day, they're not going to turn him down because uh, that would be one of those best available spots. But I think you look at two more. I, I think Bear and I think Christian Miller are two guys to look at um, uh, with the, with the guys that you mentioned, Sean and. Uh, and uh, will they get it back in on Travis? Uh, uh, as far as edge, uh, Jack is kind of, you know, maybe considered uh, defensive. I think Michael Williams could be a, a guy that could play uh, both spots. Um, and he, uh, Jed, he told you to, in the interview you did with him today that he viewed himself as like Trayvon Walker, who's more of kind of a hybrid edge defensive line guy for them. Yeah, he told me um, when I went and saw him a couple weeks ago, that's what the coaches had told him, that, you know, he's a mix of Adam Anderson and Trayvon Walker, which is funny because when I looked at the – their measurements on the roster, his weight is almost exactly, you know, in between the two. But I asked him again um, today, you know, do you see that in yourself? And he's like, yeah, you know, I think I'm a little bit more like a Trayvon Walker, which just looking at him physically, he, he looks more like a Trayvon Walker than an Adam Anderson. So, um, yeah. A mixture, a mixture of Trayvon and Adam is, is very significant. Uh, yeah. <laughs> but, uh, but yeah, I, I can see him playing, you know, Georgia plays a lot of nickel. So you see him playing maybe uh, uh, that five tech is a, uh, um, you know, defensive end, uh, if they go to the 3-4, you 
maybe on the edge is a nickel. Um, yeah, a lot of similarities to what uh, Malik Heron and uh, Trayvon Walker. Yeah, so, I mean, I, I think that, like you said, they'll probably end up with a couple more guys. Uh, C.J. Madden is a guy who is technically an outside linebacker, edge type guy, but he could, he with his weight, he could even add a little bit more weight, move into the inside, play some some true defensive end, some some four, uh, head up four technique and some of their, their odd fronts there. Shamar, Shamar could do it as well. Yeah, Shamar, two, 275 pounds. So, uh, but I think the ones that they're closest with right now are Bear Alexander and Kristen Miller. Those are the guys that I would put the closest to join in the defensive line. And I, I saw Darius Smith there on the, you know, coming, coming from the, the sideline back up into the stands and, the amount of length that that guy has, his arms, and you went and saw him play, Jed, mm-hmm. you know, in person. Darius Smith is somebody that I think gets overlooked a lot in this class. Yeah, I mean, he watched him, watched him play against Tiff County. I mean, he he wreaked havoc. I mean, coming up – or he plays defensive end for them um, down there in Appling County, but obviously would be more of a that, – that's a guy that looks more like Adam Anderson than, than Mike Williams does, just with the length and the athleticism off the edge. Um you know, he, he looks real – and like you said, just long and lanky. And, you know, if he adds a little bit more weight and keeps that athleticism, he's going to be a terror off the edge again, kind of just like Adam Anderson is and has been. One of those guys when you don't bend over and you can still scratch your kneecaps. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> absolutely, absolutely. So, the, you know, Darius is going to be someone that, that, you know, that Georgia sees a lot in, and they went after him early. He was able to, to bring him on. So, I, I think that Darius is a guy – who is someone that will really blossom when he gets into you know because he's he's a lanky guy right now right and and he he'll have that opportunity when it's amazing what these young men when they get into a program where the the, the nutrition is right the weight weight room is off the charts how much they I mean you look at how Adam Anderson's changed I think he went from what like 215 pounds and now he's pushing 240 and still able to run like a you know, like a deer. So, I mean, it, it's, uh, it's, it's pretty crazy what they're able, able to do, uh, to do with the, these young men. And uh, I think it's, it's pretty impressive. Now we have a couple more questions here. This is from ZXB 140. Uh, number one, after the dust settles, how many wide receivers do we take in this class and who are they? So let's attack that one first, Trent. Obviously they have uh Denylon Moore set, they have uh, Dylan Bell. They have Cole Spear right now in this class. Luther Burden is scheduled to co- make his commitment, and it's you know either Missouri or Georgia tomorrow. I, we we both filled Georgia. That would be four. Um, and then we talked about Shaz Preston. I mean, do you think the number's five? Do you like more around the four number? What what do you think? I mean, I, I think if you, you if you could land those two, you would take five. And I think it all comes down to a numbers game at the end, you know, best available. I think the plan probably is to take four, but I think they would take five with the right five. And if you end up flipping Travis Hunter, you're really taking another receiver because I don't care what anybody says. He's athletic enough where they, they're they going to line him up out there at, at receiver some. I mean, he's – Yeah, he, he'd be a guy that you'd see on punt return, kick return, uh, line up at receiver some, probably play a lot of corner. Uh, I mean, just anywhere you you want to put him on the field, he's gonna be he's gonna be dang good at it. Yeah, it, I mean, he's in my mind, he's a he's a Champ Bailey esque prospect. Like he's that kind of that kind of athlete, that kind of generational talent. Uh, what positions on defense do you see Georgia uh, taking a portal guy for next year? So, really, when you look at that, 
you got to look at, okay, what what position are they going to be decimated the most at? Safety is one that they're going to lose guys because of eligibility. And if Lewis Seen goes, goes pro, and then inside linebacker, we've already talked about that with Quay Walker, Channing Tindall, uh, Nakobe Dean, all likely, you know, going pro. Um, that's that's six, seven guys right there. I could see I could see uh, safety being a position that they go out into the portal and, and get somebody at and and potentially inside inside linebacker as well. Maybe maybe interior defensive line. Yeah, I, mean, I could see them taking real really any spot on the defense. Uh, maybe besides, uh, I think there is a is a. Uh, where they get a bunch of youth at and it's up and coming position, but with it, with the amount of players that they're going to lose in this draft and to graduation, uh, I really could see any position uh, on defense. Um, if it's the impact guy that can come in and make an impact like a Kendrick or, uh, you know, at any position on the defense, inside linebacker, outside linebacker, defense line, um, safety, like you said, um, I, I think Georgia, Georgia's going to go look, See if they can find an impact guy that's going to help them win championships, and if they can, then they'll they'll bring him in, no matter what position he is. Really. Yeah, and then we've got one more one more question here from uh, Rock C eighty two. Do we have a shot? We Georgia have a shot at landing Jacoby Matthews. I'm going to share my my uh, screen real quick here just to show everybody Jacoby Matthews uh, profile here. Um, five star, uh, you know that was committed to he was previously committed to LSU decommitted uh back at the end of July and you know Georgia has definitely been in talks with him and, and uh there's you know word out there that he's trying to uh they're trying to get him down for a visit Trent you you know know some guys over that way towards the bayou any uh, any inclination on to so what the the chances and realities are with uh, Jacoby Matthews, and we said safety is a position of need. Yeah, I think this will all come down to who's LSU going to hire, how quickly do they make that hire, and then uh, and he's also going to. Uh, I've heard Alabama uh, in the mix there too. I think it'll be to, Georgia will try to get him on campus. I'm sure, um, maybe for the Missouri game somewhere around there. But um, can Georgia get him on campus? Can they? Can they? Uh, uh, I'm sure Kirby Kirby ain't gonna uh, turn down opportunities to land top rated guys like that. Uh, he's gonna he's gonna shoot his shot, but uh, I think a lot of it will come down to you know he's a Louisiana kid. Is uh, uh, who do, who does LSU hire and 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 you know the impact of that hire and I think Alabama is in the mix as well. No doubt, and and I I wanted to note uh, I've had a couple of prospects and their parents tell me, and I posted on the vault the other day that when it comes down to it. Uh, Georgia, if you haven't already made your official visit by the Kentucky game, right? That, that the rumor that I was hearing from prospects and some of the prospects' family is they're actually encouraging some of these guys to take their official after the SEC championship game. So that's 11 days between the SEC championship and the early signing period on December 15th because they just get so much more time to spend with them and things like that. And Jed, when you talk about um, you know, like get the game day experience when they had the 12 o'clock noon kickoff. The Georgia coaches actually talked about how much they, they loved having that noon kickoff on the uh, post-conference. Kirby did because then he got to go spend time with, with recruits, you know, have, a, have a, a long, you know, afternoon to watch games and stuff like that with, with recruits and all that. So um, having literally no games, just getting prepared for – whatever bowl game is after the SEC championship game, that could be a huge uh, factor for Georgia. 
Yeah, exactly. It's like it's like you said, you know, think about those night games. You're spending all day, you know, walk, I mean, I'm not a coach. I don't know the you know, you're, you, the coaches usually, I mean, the guys I've talked to say the coaches come by the recruiting lounge for a minute, say hi to the guys. Um, Michael Williams told me Dan Lanning actually went over the call sheet with him um, before the Kentucky game the other day. But, you know, it only makes sense, right? When the game's over at 3.30, coaches are out of the locker room by 4, and then you've got the rest of the afternoon to, to spend with those guys, which is really important for those guys that are on unofficial visits that may be going back to Athens or going leaving Athens on Saturday night. Um you just get, I mean, those official visit guys, they're in town until Sunday, but unofficial guys might be heading out of town. So um, it's, it's huge. And I believe, I mean, correct me if I'm wrong, but the, the, the weekend of the SEC championship, the, the playoff selection show is like 10 days after that. Right? Like, not, well, the usually usually the playoff selection show is that, that day, is the day of the championship right. game. It's the next day. It's Sunday yeah. after Saturday. Okay. Yeah, the, yeah, this, the this Sunday, okay. the, the ne- that, that next day. So, you, you know, if Georgia, if things go according to plan for Georgia and the way that they're playing right now, if they continue to get better and get guys healthier, it's not out of the realm of possibility that they've come off winning a SEC championship and then mm-hmm. uh, the next day decide to bring in three or four or five-star guys for an official visit, you know, or something along the, those lines or an unofficial and, and get them in there and see what's going on. So, um, that would definitely be a really, really big uh, advantage for Georgia, and that's something that they're leaning towards. But um, that's kind of the the all the questions that we had this show. We've covered some of the list, guys. Make sure you're subscribed over at ugasports.com. Over on the vault is where we post all the stuff that we're hearing on a daily basis. We'll have all the coverage leading up to Luther Burden's commitment. I believe it's at seven o'clock tomorrow night. Um, Jed, anything coming up this week? I know you you have a kind of weekly pieces and stuff that you, that you put out. Anything uh, coming up for them that they'll want to see over there? Yeah, we'll have the recruiting leaderboard at, at some point. Um, I'm planning on, with the bye week, I'm planning on making a trip down to IMG Academy, talk to all those guys out there, newest commit, Aluba, uh, Bear Alexander, Kamar Wilson down there, uh, B2023 guys. So we have to look out for that stuff this week. And, you know, yeah, maybe by the end of the week, Georgia could – have added two or three more commits, um, you know, based on everything we're hearing right now. So it'll be a busy week, um, you know, for, for everybody uh, on the screen right now. No doubt. Trent, you got anything before we close it up? No, I was just going to make coming. You know, I was at the North Gwinnett uh, Collins Hill game. And, and what's impressive to me about Kirby and uh, his staff is, uh, you know, he, he, he came in on the helicopter, you know, he stood on the sidelines. And then at halftime, uh, you know, the, the teams were going to the locker room and, and before he, he him and Muschamp both left at halftime of the game and he made a point to go uh, at, to kind of step out in the field and, and say something to the North Gwinnett coach, like, you're doing great, blah, blah, blah. But it's the little things like that and building relationships is what Kirby is, uh, you know, outstanding at. And that's the reason why he has the relationships he does and is able to recruit like he does with his staff. And, you know, it, it's the things that, uh, you know, are, are pushing this program over the top right now is for, with, with recruits. Yeah, uh, Bobby Duncan puts a little tidbit out here from uh, watching on YouTube. He said Travis Hunter is, is next. I, I don't know if he's next in, in line, but Florida State had a bye week this past Saturday. Mike Norvell did not make the trip on Thursday night game, uh, but you know who did, Kirby Smart. That's a good point there. I mean, you know, who knows if little stuff like that uh, sticks in the mind of these recruits. But like you said, uh, Trent, it is those small things that Kirby and Muschamp seem to do, and I think people can't uh, – overestimate or underestimate either way you want to look at it how much will muschamp has meant to this staff and especially being on on the field role when it comes to guys like jaheem singletary when it comes to guys like 
uh, Kamari Wilson, you know, all these defensive backs in particularly, people just don't realize how valuable it is that Will Muschamp and Kirby Smart truly bleed Georgia red and black. I mean, they, they played in the uniform. They love the university. They want it to succeed not only because they want to uh, have success for themselves and make more money and things like that, but it's, it's their alma mater, and they want to see Georgia win a national championship, so that's why they recruit uh, like their hair's on fire. I mean, they're, they're, going, they're going after these guys, and I think that's something that gets underestimated a lot of times. Yeah, and and you heard, you know, you know when when they ask Kirby about recruiting, he always says, "I love to recruit." You know, I love to recruit. He he loves he loves having uh, those relationships. He loves building those relationships with parents. He loves building. It's uh, it's probably like a game to him because he he's trying to win that game every single every time every time he he's playing it. But uh, you know, he he him and Muschamp is kind of like a cheat code in the game. Uh, having them together, uh, you know, Muschamp didn't have much success as a head coach, but he's always had success recruiting. He's always had success uh, putting guys in the NFL, and just having those two guys together with that experience and uh, and, and both of them that that truly bleed Georgia is just uh, a combo that that other SEC coaches are not liking. No doubt, no doubt. Uh, so that's that's kind of our our show here for tonight here on Georgia recruiting rumors versus facts, guys. Uh, make sure to like, subscribe. We'll have the podcast form up on the tomorrow. And uh, appreciate everybody joining in. And we will catch you next time on Georgia Recruiting for UGA Sports Georgia Recruiting Rumors versus Facts. <laughs>